0: Hey, I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping anyone who feels like they're not making the most of their potential to level up and live the legendary life of their dreams. You deserve to be the king or queen of your own kingdom, and I'll be here to help you be the best version of you that you can be. I'm glad you're here, so let's get to it. This is Johnny King, episode 2. And I love this, because I can record a podcast episode while I'm sitting in the car waiting to step into a meeting. Another bro date with one of the many men that I come across through my work as a men's coach, and this is fun. I uh, hope you enjoyed the first episode. And what I'd love to chat about today, there's a book called "No More Mr. Nice Guy," uh, that I've read several times and Quite frankly, it's probably not the uh, best book I've ever read. But each time I've read it, for various reasons, uh, I've gotten more and more out of it. Actually, so um, for that reason, I've I've definitely requested or not requested it, uh, recommended it to many a man, uh, and it's really really good. One of the main things that I like out of it, though, is that it talks about the evolution or the the uh, creation of the nice guy and you know i could be botching this a little bit but essentially you know where men were teaching their boys how to be men was oftentimes before the industrial revolution like out in the fields working tilling the soil you know doing long hours and you know working the homestead and doing all the things that uh, that everyone had to do to pitch in to to make sure that they survived right However, the introduction of the Industrial Revolution and machinery replaced men in the field so that men had to end up leaving, oftentimes leaving home, to head into the cities to go make a living and provide for their families. So it, it left little boys no longer having a, a male mentor to look up to and emulate. It oftentimes led left them to be raised by their mothers, their sisters, their aunts, uh, there's school teachers, you know, all the, the women of, of the town of the village. And so, um, that was the beginning of the nice guy, the, the guy who found, who, who who's more or less raised and programmed, or let's say trained to derive his self-worth by the ways he was able to, you know, essentially make, Make happy, <laughs> make happy, if I can say that. Make happy the the women of his world, and uh, as long as he was a good little boy, you know, then uh, all was right in the world. And understandably, I think I saw a uh again, I hope I don't botch this. I saw something on social media recently where uh, it talked about um women being you know women can raise boys to be moral, right and teach them right and wrong but they cannot teach boys how to be man like that's that was the place of of men and it it goes the other way around like men could certainly help daughters to be moral and to look you know to to make good decisions and things like that but they cannot teach little girls how to be a woman like that's that's you know the place of women and so I, I definitely resonate with that and I feel like you know, I'm. I don't. I forget exactly where I fall into the, to the timeline of things. But I'm like fourth, fifth, sixth generation nice guy since the Industrial Revolution, let's say. And I surely was raised. Um, and this is not to, to put a knock against my mom or my older sister or all the you know female school teachers, Sunday school teachers, art teachers, all the women that raised me. Uh, they did. They did a great job. But, what I certainly found in my experience of coming into manhood was that I was really insecure about what it even meant to be a man, and I remember really growing up my one of my main focuses was because my father was again working very hard, being a workaholic, away from the home, never being really home a whole lot, I was resentful towards him, and so I had a lot of a lot of energy, let's say that (laughs) negative energy towards my dad for most of my life. And I remember, um, like when I, in my first marriage, after the wedding reception, walking back to the the honeymoon suite, it should have been a, a, you know, a, a time of excitement. I remember feeling just like petrifying fear. I remember the thought went through my mind of, I know, I knew how to be a good boyfriend. I kind of winged my way through being a good fiance, but I really, truly had no idea how to be a solid husband and a solid, uh, partner in that, in that relationship. And so I had a lot of, like I said, anger and resentment towards my father. And I just remember a lot of it was, I didn't know exactly who I was going to be as a man. I certainly knew that I wanted to be nothing like my father. Now, a lot of that has changed since we've healed our relationship in a major, major way but i was a nice guy and i found my value in making making women happy and a big part of why i'm doing what i'm doing to this day i blame my father for it in in a good way um i'm so thankful honestly for for you know he did the best he could with the tools he had and he certainly has has leveled up his life in major ways over the last decade and last maybe 12 years since since, uh, we've been working on healing our relationship and I talk to him almost on a daily basis. Now we're really, really close friends. He's not only my father, but we're equals. And that's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to see that I went from a place of absolute hatred. I never wanted to talk to him again. Um, I thought he didn't love me. I thought he cared for everything else in this world other than me. I thought he cared more about money and his business and all these things when in reality that's not true you know a lot of those behaviors of his were based out of fear or lack of strategies or tools and i think honestly i have a lot of empathy for him because i also have a lot of empathy for myself and when i started to realize why we as human beings do what we do ah oh, it gave my heart s- such a greater capacity for feeling empathy than i did before you know um and i and i just have I see a lot of patterns of success and a lot of patterns of failure as, as men across this globe. And a lot of the patterns of failure are all rooted in a feeling of, of lack of self-worth, of not being enough. Um, and there's a lot of guys out there who are attempting to fake it till they make it and thinking that if they acquire enough things to look successful they'll then earn the the love and respect of those around them. And then they'll feel whole. And I'll tell you just in my limited experience (laughs) on this planet, in this human experience, that's most definitely not the case. And, uh, you know, we've all probably heard that before. People, People who have made a lot of money are like, you know, we'll tell you right now, money does not make you happy. And we're all like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll... I'll be happy to learn that lesson after I have a lot of money, right? But I'll tell you what, um, it's really, really true, and you know, especially after—I mean, I lost my mother to, to cancer in two thousand six when she when she passed on, and and I was kind of you know just walking around their their home and sitting in her office and just looking at all the things that both she and my father had acquired, and yet she didn't take a single thing with her. And you intellectually know these things. But it's, it's a, a completely different experience when you lose someone close to you. And you if you are listening to this and you've lost someone close to you, you know what I mean. Um, it definitely it helps reshape uh, just kind of the lens through which you look at life and also how you uh, prioritize what truly matters. And I think a lot of that started helping me shift from a life of I guess, acquisition to a shift, like into a life of, of service and impact. Um, I really, really knew that, that, uh, or started to see that what truly matters was relationships and sharing my, my, my grandfather, who I used to, as he would call it, break bread together on a monthly basis. Um, he lived to be 98 years old, which is amazing. And we had a great relationship. And, and I mean, the things that he used to tell me, he was born in 1908. He remembers walking in like a state fair or something like that with veterans of the freaking Civil War. Like that's unbelievable. Of the Civil War, he was he was in proximity to. Um, some of his stories were just so much fun. I, I remember him telling me that one time he was <laughs> with my grandmother, he was skinny dipping uh, they climbed up this ladder into a water tower and these water towers, I guess at the time didn't have any roofs to them. They just collected rainwater and they would skinny dip (laughs) in the water supply for the town. Oh man. At like 17, 18, 19 years old. Um, and, uh, yeah, kind of very, very much romanticized the idea of, of, uh, of certain things in his experience. But, he was a great man and he outlived, unfortunately, all three of his children, my mom included. Um, but he told me uh, shortly before he passed away that, like, you know what life is all about? He's like, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you the secret to life. <laughs> life is all about sharing. It's all about sharing. And that sharing, uh, and I'll, I'll kind of big, piggyback on that. Sharing is all about the magnification of the human experience. It's like you go to a concert and how great would the concert be if you were the only one in the audience and Maroon 5 was playing for you and you had no one to <laughs> dance with or to high five with or to enjoy that with, you know? And so same thing with concerts, not only concerts, but sporting events or, you know, weddings or, you know, things like that. It's like it, it, all of, you know, the the sharing of this human experience with others is what magnifies the emotion and the feeling of it and so he gave that gift to me and it's, it's really really true it's it's all about relating to and I think that's the challenge is that without the tools and the strategies of of how to better communicate with people how to better understand others and to understand ourselves um a lot of men the you know they tend to retract, they tend to, you know, become a hermit crab and, and just pull back and cut themselves off from everyday life. And, and that's a shame. Um, I've kind of heard, you know, the, the idea that the masculine, which, I mean, we all have masculine, feminine energies expressing masculine, feminine energies, but the masculine is kind of like an on and off switch. It's like an on and off light switch. It's either on or it's off where the feminine is more like a knob which you, you can turn up or you can turn it down in brightness, right? And uh, in many re- regards to men who are hardwired masculine, if their dominant kind of energy is masculine, if they're feeling like they're failing in life a lot of times, they, they will feel like, what's even the point? And I see this actually with a ton of my female clients who I've worked with for eight years with like health coaching and weight loss coaching. It was kind of like, I either need to be successful, <clears throat> excuse me, successful or not. And if I cannot be successful, if I cannot be perfect at at making sure that I'm going to be the successful with this, then I that I don't even try. Like what's even the point? Right? And my point was with that is like you're you're leapfrogging over the question, the feminine question of why you're even doing this, you know? And that sense of purpose and that why will often drive you through all of the ups and downs that you're surely going to experience in life. And so that is what this whole podcast is about. That's what I geek out on. That's what I really, really enjoy because without the tools, you will ultimately, you know, quote unquote fail. You will have failed marriages, which I can speak to. You'll have failed businesses. You'll fail as a potential father to your children, or mother, if you're a female listening to this, you just won't have the level of fulfillment and happiness that you ultimately uh, are capable of and that you deserve. So this whole podcast is really about leveling up, learning how to not only achieve and be a a greater leader of your own life and, and taking responsibility for it, but also figuring out how to increase the level of fulfillment and happiness Uh, that art of fulfillment, as I often refer to. Um, So anyways, I hope you don't mind me just going off on a little rant. I have no script here. That's the fun thing. I'm literally just going off of whatever comes to my brain. And if it sounds a little scatterbrained, well, then that's why. (laughs) So I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got some nuggets out of that. Uh, Took some notes. I certainly would love to hear from you. Um, So feel free to hit me back up with any questions or thoughts or topics that you'd like me to chat about. And we'll catch up with you next time. Take care. And that's our show for today. I want to thank you so much for listening. And hey, if you got something positive from this episode, I'd be honored if you'd share it on your favorite social platform. It also really helps to get the word out if you subscribe and leave a review of the show on Apple Podcasts because I read every single one. Something you think we could be doing better I love constructive feedback, as it's always welcome. And please feel free to email me at podcast at johnnyking.com with any questions or concerns. I'm also available on Instagram at johnnyking or on facebook.com backslash Coach. Thanks again for joining me. I've been Johnny King. You've been awesome. And we'll catch up with you next time. Peace.